a new relationship with God, a new relationship with himself, and a new relationship with his friends. That's the joyous outcome that we'll see for Job as we finish our study of this amazing Old Testament book on Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, welcoming you aboard the Bible bus for another great study in God's Word. Now, for those of you wondering where we're heading next, well, our teacher, the late Dr. J. Vernon McGee, gave us a sneak peek in an introduction to today's program, so let's listen now. We invite you to take your Bible now, friends, and I trust that it's the Through the Bible Bible. And we'll turn with us to Job, the 38th chapter, verse 8. And we expect this to be the last study in the book of Job. And the question always arises, where do we go to from here? We will begin in the epistle to the Galatians. Write in and get those notes and outlines. It'll make that little epistle live in your heart because it's one of the greatest books in the Bible. It has brought revival time and time again in the history of the church. Now, get your Bible and turn with us, and we'll be there in just a moment. But I do want to urge you to write in and get notes and outlines, because it will make this study more helpful to you, more understandable, more interesting, and it will probably do something for you. It's doing for multitudes today, bringing them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and then building up God's children in the Word of God. And the only thing that can build you up is a consistent, orderly study of the entire Bible. You just can't imagine anybody taking up the subject of mathematics and One day, the teacher signs logarithms, and the next day signs fractions, and the next day turns over to page 150, and believe me, they're difficult problems. Well, you'd never learn mathematics that way, and I'm of the opinion that the Bible is a book that should be studied from Genesis to Revelation. And we'll have a book out for the book of Job, And it's available if you just write in and ask for it. And I have to say, it'll have to be accompanied with a gift to the program. We are on a direct route now. And God said to Moses, you've been around this mountain long enough. Let's get on the way. And so we want the Bible bus to take off now after today and get to Galatians because we have a destination And that's the book of Revelation. And we began back in the book of Genesis. And it's where the Bible bus began, and it's going to come out at the end of Revelation. We believe that's the way to study the Word of God. And as far as we know, that this is the only way it's ever been tempted on radio, to go through the entire Word of God. Come go with us if you're a new listener today and write in and get the notes and outlines. Now, I've given you quite a sales talk here today. Didn't intend to do it, but I wanted you to know about the program. And I wanted you to study the Word of God in a way that will bless your heart. Yes, if you're a new listener, we're glad that you've joined us as we make our way through God's entire Word. 
Now, you can download the free notes and outlines that Dr. McGee mentioned by going to ttb.org forward slash notes, or you can get the notes and outlines for Dr. McGee's entire five-year study in one handy volume. It's called Briefing the Bible. Now, if you want, you can go to Amazon and get it for 99 cents off of Kindle, if that's the way you read your stuff, or you can go to our resources section and get a PDF at ttb.org, or if you want to receive an abridged paperback copy by mail that we send you for free, you can call one 865-BIBLE, or you can always write to Box 7100, Pasadena, California, 91109, or in Canada, Box 25325, London, Ontario, N6C, 6B1. Now, of course, ttb.org is also the place to visit if you missed any of these great studies in Job, and maybe you want to go back and listen. But for now, let's grab our Bibles, and let's begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that continues to teach about your grace and mercy in Job's life and also in ours. We thank you for this study and ask that you would speak to our hearts and help us to hear the message that you have for each one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with our study of Job 38 through 42 on Through the Bible. Now, friends, as we said last time, when God broke in upon Job, He began where Job was, and the place where Job was was out there on that dump heap, and a storm had broken, and God spoke to him out of the storm. And in that day, man knew God as creator. You must understand that the book of Job apparently comes from the period before any word of Scripture was written, so that Actually, God begins with him where he began with man at that particular time. And Paul stated that in the first chapter of Romans. He says in verse 19 of the first chapter, "...because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, the thing that is all important for us to see here is that God was speaking to man in that day through creation. Now, that's the reason that you have this section here, and God's beginning with them where they were, and they were close enough the creation in that day, that there was no atheism. There was polytheism. They actually worshiped the creature rather than the creator, as Paul continued to say in that first chapter of Romans. Now, he could refer to creation, and that would be on the basis and the ground that these people lived on. Now, I'm not going to attempt to develop this section here. It has to do with creation has to do with this physical universe that you and I live in today. And it speaks of God. It speaks of the fact that, as Paul says in Romans, tells two things about God, the person of God and the power of God and the wisdom of God. Creation reveals that. And it reveals the greatness of our God, how great thou art. And when you read this section... That is the impression that you're bound to get as he speaks of the fact that he is the creator and that he knows something man does not know. 
In verse 22, there's a very interesting statement made. It says, "'Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow, or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail?' Now, there are some very fantastic interpretations that are drawn from this of how the snow and the hail will be used in warfare. And I know it was what defeated Napoleon, but I'm not about to get out on a limb again today. The Bible is recording miracles. And the whole point God is making here to Job is, this is what I've done, Job, but you can't understand it. And men today cannot enter into these things. Only God knows these things. Now he says in verse 23, "...which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war." So that snow and hail, and I know that I'll hear from some folk that will inform me about it, how it's going to be used, and that'll be all right. I'll be glad to hear from you. But that's already been put through my mill a long time ago, and I've passed it by because I think there's something here we don't know, friends. That's the point that God is making with Job. And he goes on to talk to him about the starry heavens. And in verse 31, "...canst thou bind the sweet influence of the Pleiades, or loose the bands of Orion? Canst thou bring forth Maseroth in his season, or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons out yonder in the heavens?" these tremendous stars. Now, I do not know how much the ancients knew of them. Apparently, they knew a great deal more than we've given them credit for. It's my understanding that the Egyptians knew the distance to the sun. And they actually were a little bit more accurate than we are today in our measurements. And therefore, they must have had a great knowledge. And now, God goes on in this vein that he's the creator. And have you really known God through his creation? And I think he's making it clear to Job that the creation reveals his greatness, but you can't know God. You can know something about him, but you'll not come to know him in this way. In chapter 39, verse 1, "'Knowest thou the time when the wild goats of the rock bring forth? Canst thou mark when the hinds do calf? In other words, God is the God of nature. And today, the things that are happening in nature, God makes them happen. Nature would be dead. Nothing would happen. There would be no spring, and there'd be no summer, there'd be no fall, there'd be no winter, there'd be no storms, there'd be no movement in this universe. It would come to a dead standstill if there wasn't a creator back of it, my beloved. You can think that one through. Now, that is the point that God is making to this man Job, revealing his greatness. And this man Job now has a chance to answer. And I want you to listen to him. Here's something's happening to him here. Here is what he says. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? Job, are you in a position to give God a lesson? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. And actually, Job had spoken without knowledge. And he's attempting to instruct God. He's attempting to tell God something. And he's in no position to do that because 
He's been uttering words without knowledge. And will you listen to him now? Job answered the Lord and said, verse 4, Behold, I'm vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. Job says, I should have kept quiet. And now I see I'm vile. Now, is this the man that said he would maintain his integrity regardless of what happened? Is this the man that declared that he was a righteous man and therefore there must be something wrong with God to let this thing happen to him? Well, this man now is saying that he's vile. As someone has said, if we could see ourselves as God sees us, we couldn't stand ourselves, my friend. And when you get into the presence of God... This is what you're going to have to say. I'm vile. Now, actually, this appearance of God to Job had a threefold effect upon him. It had an effect upon his relationship with God, with his relationship to himself, and with his relationship to his friends. This is the man that hath spoken without knowledge, and his words are without wisdom. And this man now wishes he'd kept his mouth shut. But listen to him. He says, Once have I spoken, but I'll not answer, yea, twice, but I'll proceed no farther. Then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up thy loins now like a man. I'll demand of thee, declare thou unto me. Wilt thou also disannul my judgment? In other words, are you trying to say, to God that is wrong. And, of course, God is not wrong. Job is going to be able to say to God now, I know thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. This is a tremendous place that he's come to here. He's certainly advancing. Now, he does not know himself. He says, I am vile. And when a man discovers that, He's come a long way, and we're going to see that there are several steps that he takes as he comes to God. Now, the Lord breaks through again on this basis of creation. Job, look around. You're in nature. There are a lot of things you don't know that you're looking at. And how can you judge God in his moral government of this universe? There's so many folk today that come up with some of the most asinine statements concerning God. And I've heard Christians make some very foolish statements concerning God. Now, we ought to be very careful what we say about him, and we ought to keep it in the context of the Word of God. This man actually did not know God. That is quite obvious here. He is uttering words without knowledge. When the Lord breaks in upon him, he asks him some more questions. Chapter 41, verse 1. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook, or his tongue with a cord, which thou lettest down? Now, this great monster of the sea, what do you really know about it? And today, they're studying these gray whales off the coast of California. And they're doing many things, try to find out about. Well, look, we've come a long way since the day of Job. We still don't know about these big fellas that are in the water. And what do we know about dinosaurs? I heard this whimsy about the 
man that was a guide in a museum. And he came to a dinosaur in the lecture he's given to the crowd that went through. He says, this dinosaur is two million and six years old. And a man came up to him and says, wait a minute here. He says, now, I'll accept that two million years, but where do you get the six years? Well, this man says, when I came to work here six years ago, that dinosaur was two million years old. I've been here six years. It's now two million six years old. May I say to you, friends, what do you know about Leviathan? What do you know about dinosaurs? Do you really know about them? Well, man just has to say, well, I just don't know. I'm not an authority. And any man that's a real scholar today, I don't care what field he's in, he'll tell you, I haven't mastered this field. We're just learning today. Well, now, if man is just learning, may I say to you, he's in no position to pass on God. And that's the thing God is telling Job way back yonder at the dawn of history. Now notice the effect upon Job, and we come to chapter 42. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Is that the kind of a God that you have to eat and do anything? Now, I know now the old saw about, can God make a rock so big he can't lift it? Now, may I say to you, that's like the question you asked Mr. Milktoes. Are you still beating your wife? Well, you can't answer that by yes or no. And that other question has no answer for the simple reason that God never does anything foolish. He always does things in the context of his character. And he's always true to himself. And so you can't tell God to do something that he can't do. You know why? Because, my friend, you're in no position to do that. And God's not your errand boy after all. And he's not going to jump through a hoop just because you hold it up. May I say to you, listen to Job now. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Job says, I've been talking about something I don't know anything about. That is the way we used to have bull sessions in the college dorm I went to. We had finished studying at night and meeting in some room. Some fellow said, what are we going to talk about? And I used to say, well, let's talk about something that we don't know anything about. Then the sky's the limit. We can say anything we want to say. My friend, may I say to you, he's been talking about things he knows nothing about, things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. He's talking without knowledge. He doesn't know. Now, will you listen to Job? Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I'll demand of thee and declare thou of me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Listen to Job now. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Now this man Job, he has a new conception of God now. He's not in a position to question God in anything that he does. He's to trust him. He's in a new relationship. Now he's in a new relationship with himself. He sees himself, first of all, as vile. And then he says, I abhor myself. You know what he's doing? He's repenting, my friend. These are the steps. I repent in dust and ashes. These are the three steps, really, of repentance. Is first of all, do you see your vile? And the second, do you abhor yourself? My friend, when you quit trusting yourself, you quit 
trying to live on an old dead carcass, and you'll turn to the living God today. That's repentance, and that's the repentance that is in faith. What a wonderful thing it is. We come now to the third one, a new relation with his friends. Verse 7, It was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks, seven rams, Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. Notice now, a new relationship with his friends. Instead of fighting against them, debating with them, he's now going to pray for them. He's now going to offer a sacrifice for them. We're not to argue religion today and fight among ourselves. What are we to do? This is the thing Paul says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye that are spiritual, restore such a one. A new relationship to God, a new relationship to himself, and a new relationship to his friends. Now, God does something for this man Job. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, how did God give it to him? Well, he used human means. Then came there unto him all his brethren, all his sisters, all they that had been of his acquaintance before, and did eat bread with him in his house. They bemoaned him and comforted him over the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. This is the way he got started. God gave him twice as much. How? Because these friends stake him to a new beginning. And believe me, Job was a good businessman. And he had twice as much as he had at the very beginning. Now, this is something, though, that's interesting. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke ox, 1,000 she-asses. Now, wait a minute. All of those are double, but it says he had also seven sons and three daughters. And somebody says he didn't double them. Yes, he did. You see, those that died, his sons and his daughters, he didn't lose them. They're still his. He'd be with them. I guess he's with them today. And those that we lose in death. I've got a little one up there, as I said before. I used to say to folk, I have two children, two daughters. <laughs> But they all look around and only see one. They think something's wrong with me. I got one in heaven. And very frankly, I'm not worried about the one in heaven. I am worried about the other one. I worry about her, but not the little one yonder in heaven. God doubled the children of Job. But the thing, look at the names they were given. He called the name of the first Jemima. And I thought that was for pancakes, by the way. And the name of the second, Keziah. And the name of the third, Karen Happock. Now, friends, if you have quite a few daughters in your family and you've been trying to think of a new name, I have a suggestion. Now, Jemima's been used, but how about Karen Happa? That's a good name for some girl, by the way, and I guess they would call her Hap for short. Karen Happa. These are the names, and we're told this after this lived Job 140 years. That puts him back with the patriarchs. And he saw his sons and his son's sons even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. What a glorious book this is. What a lesson it has for us. Next time, we'll meet you in the epistle to the Galatians. 
Until then, may God richly bless you, my beloved. What a meaningful time we've had in the book of Job, don't you think? What have you learned? Why don't you tell us about it? We mentioned our address earlier, but you can also drop us an email. It's so easy. It's biblebus at ttb.org. You can also leave a note on our Facebook page or even call if you'd like and leave us a voice message at 1-800-65-BIBLE. Now, if you'd like to share these studies in Job with a family member or friend, why don't you have them download our app? Or you can direct them to ttb.org where you'll find many different listening options, including our Bible Bus flash drive that contains all of Dr. McGee's five-year studies, as well as his notes and outlines, plus more than a 100 of his digital booklets. You can learn more about the Bible Bus flash drive and purchase a copy by calling 1-800-65-BIBLE or visiting ttb.org. Again, that's 1-800-65-BIBLE and ttb.org. Also at ttb.org, you'll find our new Bible companion for Galatians. Now, I know that some of you wait for these companions to be released, so go for it. It's ready. And next time, the Bible bus sets off for our new study in Galatians. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll be here, Lord willing, saving a seat just for you. Through the Bible exists to take God's whole word to the whole world. And we invite you to stand with us with your faithful prayer and financial support. Where will God's word go today?